This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Eva Xiao from Tech in Asia on the Chinese company Musical.ly and how they have successfully grown a video and entertainment social network with an international audience instead of the domestic Chinese market with strong investors from both China and Silicon Valley. Hi, Eva. Hey, Bernard. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Too. How have you been? <laughs> I've been pretty well. Things have been moving quite fast, but I think it'll slow down for Chinese New Year, which is just in a few weeks. Yes. I'm talking to Eva Xiao, China reporter in Tech in Asia. And what have you been covering recently with Tech in Asia? So recently, I've been looking at two very different things, one being blockchain startups and the second being WeChat. And I think that WeChat have recently launched their mini programs on the 9th of January. Have you seen anything interesting so far? Yeah, so there's been quite a wide variety of mini programs coming out. So some of them are content heavy like Tencent Video and then some others are seen photo editing, mini programs, stuff that's more like traditional food delivery kind of things. Also, restaurant recommendation and curation. So there's pretty wide variety of different applications. And then, of course, a lot of people in the industry are speculating on how it will change the app environment and how Apple feels about it. On the blockchain side, I thought it would be interesting because recently the price of the Bitcoin has actually surged and it's mainly due to the Chinese market. Can you talk a little bit about what you have been covering on blockchain or is it just mainly on the blockchain technology itself? Yeah, so maybe not so much focus on Bitcoin, though Bitcoins, though Bitcoin is still, I think, the most popular use of blockchain technology up till now, or until now. But yeah, what I've been looking at is different startups that have been applying the use of blockchain technology in different contexts. So for example, I interviewed a startup that was using it for anti-counterfeiting. So that's working with different luxury brands or even red wine producers to make sure that their products aren't copied or that customers are getting you know, the real deal. And then another startup that I looked at is using blockchain to create like a, a ledger for digital property. So if you're like a creative person and you create a vector graphic or a logo, could use the blockchain to stamp your work and say, this is mine in, in a more permanent way and show, show your ownership. So things like that. That's actually interesting. It's almost like having stock images now watermarked with your own signature, but using a blockchain as a way to authenticate that that is really yours in a sense. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I think so that one in particular, the founder had thought about digital property when he thought he was going to die and wanted to give his Bitcoin in his will. They wanted to prove that he owned his Bitcoin. Anyway, so quite interesting, I think. And I guess I'll be reading them in Tech in Asia. But today, I want to talk to you on a pretty interesting company that seems to be doing very well all over the world internationally, but not in China, and yet it is based in China. So I'm talking about a company called Musical.ly. Can you briefly describe the company, Musical.ly? Sure. Musical.ly is about two years old, and it was founded by Alex Zhu and Lu Yuyang, who also goes by Lu Yuyang. And I think different media outlets have covered the origin story of this company, but very briefly, 
uh, Alex and Luis began, they set out to create a platform actually for short education videos where experts would explain and distill different concepts in a few minutes. It didn't become very popular and actually last minute they did a pivot and took a month to develop what is now known as Musical.ly. So Musical.ly is an app where you can create 15 second videos and set it to different kinds of music. So that became popular very quickly amongst teenagers in North America. Today now they have two products. So Musical.ly is one and the second one is called Lively. The more, as the name suggests, like a focus on in the moment content. So that's live streaming. They also have short videos and also plan to do video communication as well. So what's the mission and vision of this company? The company is very much focused on, I would say, social interactions. And I, I want to emphasize that because I think unlike YouTube, which is content-centric, I would say that Musical.ly's attitude is much more about building social network through video mediums or video formats. So like for Lively, when I spoke to Louis Young last year, he said that he wants the Lively app to give users an opportunity to record the life through video, which is why it's not just live streaming, but they also want to do video communication as well. And then Musical.ly, like I said, it's a social network, but it's a video social network. The idea is that people go to the app, not just to look at interesting content, but also to interact with the content creators. You talk about the two founders behind the team Musical.ly, Louis Young and Alex Chu. Can you talk a lot about them and who are they and how did they and are there any other people that are also part of this founding team that's important to the company itself? Sure. So Louis Young and Alex Chu um, actually don't have, it's not like they come from social networking background, you know, like working at Snapchat or anything like that. Alex Chu actually came from SAP, which is an enterprise software company. And Louis Young um, actually spent some time at an internet insurance company called Ebotech. And then they're two good friends that you know, started the company. And then I would say that Alex Hoffman is another important person in their company and he kind of oversees like their North American operations. And Lu Yang is in his studies, right? Yeah, I'm not sure about Alex's age, but Louis Young, I believe he's mid-30s, 34, 35. It's not like they're, you know, on the same, the same age group as a lot of their users. Yeah, they are not like in the case of Facebook and Snapchat where the founders are just as young as the demographic that they are serving. So yeah. very curious to know, who are the users of the Musical.ly app? Yeah, so I think Musical.ly and Lively now, which launched last summer, they're known as being this really hot social networking app for teens. I think now their app has, for Musical.ly at least, the age range is a little bit broader than just teens. So according to the company, the average age is 13 to 20 years old. So that's quite a wide spread, I suppose. Lou Young has told me that they've seen some growth in older users. And by older, I just mean 18 to 24. And I think also the, the company has gotten some press on their even younger users. So those would be people in elementary school, maybe 10 years old, maybe even younger. But in terms of like percentages of who are the main users, and Musical.ly, about 40% is in the US, 40% is in Europe, and the other 20% are spread across South America and Southeast Asia, so countries like Indonesia, Malaysia, and the Philippines. And their newer app, Lively, is mainly, uh, their user base is mainly in the US at the moment. And then lastly, I would say that it skews towards females. So again, according to the company, it's about 75% female, 25% uh, male, that kind of ratio. That's probably interesting. So what are the features of the app that actually made this Musical.ly so unique and popular among the West and the rest of the world then? 
like I mentioned before, these Musical.ly has done a really good job of building social functionality into their apps. So a good example of that is the idea of duets and then guesting. So duets is a feature on Musical.ly where you create these 15-second sort of music videos, but actually can be comedy skits, anything, right? In these videos, if you do a duet, it means you kind of do a video with somebody else and the app combines the videos together. And you can only do that with other users that are either following you. So you guys have this mutual relationship similar to how you can only send direct messages on Twitter to you know people who follow you and you follow them. So you can only do that with those people or people that you have claimed are your BFF or best fan forever. Musically, that means that you can have like a internet celebrity and if they BFF you, well, then you can do like a duet with someone that you admire or look up to, which obviously is very appealing. Or two friends can do a duet together. And then guessing is a similar idea, but it's with live streaming. So you could also broadcast or live stream with somebody else. So I think that's some, a feature that's not in other social networking apps or even content apps. So that's one. And then another thing I just want to point out is that, and maybe this is why it draws so many millennials, but Musical.ly has very short, even ephemeral content. So 15 second videos and also on Lively, your newsfeed will disappear in 24 hours if you don't refresh it with new content. So it's this emphasis on very present in the moment content, I think that makes it a bit, yeah, unique. And also, Lively has some live streaming with China, live streaming apps kind of features as well. Yeah, so I think with Lively, you know, people talk about, well, Musical.ly is this Chinese startup that became really popular in the US. Um, so that's Musical.ly, right? And then they launched their second app, Lively. And I think Lively has some Chinese features that actually North American teens love. So two examples, one would be virtual gifts. So in China, if you watch a live stream, you can buy like a virtual Ferrari, you know, and and show your appreciation to the host by sending them this a virtual Ferrari. Or if you're, you know, you don't have that many coins, maybe send them like a virtual lollipop. And then these gifts can be exchanged into real money if you're a broadcaster. So Lively has those as well, though the gifts are not like Ferraris, but they're more for teens. So like pandas, I think even Trump's face is like something you can send somebody. So they have that idea of virtual gifts. And then they also have Danmu, which is this idea that people who comment on the live stream will see their comments fly across the screen. So yeah, I think it's clear that there's a two-way relationship here. It's not just, you know, this Chinese startup adapting to Western market, but also Western market really adopting features that have become popular in China. It's interesting to have comments flying all over the screen. Wouldn't it be a bit disturbing to you as well? <laughs> yeah, I actually really hate it when I see that when I'm watching videos in China. Um, I think you can turn them off in some of these video platforms I've seen in China. I haven't tried it in, in Lively yet, though. So given that this company is unique because it's a Chinese company, but most of the audience and customers are in the West or the rest of the world, how does this company manage to expand globally without being in China, meaning that it doesn't have a lot of its own demographic actually stays in China itself? Yeah, so Musical.ly is also unique in that their headquarters in Shanghai but everyone there is mostly R&D staff, so they work on product development. And then they have an office in Los Angeles as well. So that's near, of course, the entertainment industry in the U.S., uh, whether it's music or other kinds of entertainment. 
So I think Musical.ly has been able to expand well because they've limited the amount of local operations they have to do. So a lot of their growth comes organically. And according to Liu Yang, they don't even have a sales team. So that means that they don't have to spend a lot of money and resources hiring local staff and like powering promotions or marketing in the way that like ride hailing companies such as DD or Uber have had to do. And then I would say that because they focus so much on building product as opposed to, you know, doing marketing or other kinds of things. Uh, lastly, I would say they're, they've been able to expand globally because they've been able to localize appropriately as well. So, for example, in the U.S., parents really care about cyberbullying, whereas, you know, that's something that they've had to learn because in China, that's not as a sensitive topic. So I think in Musical.ly, they've really worked hard to communicate with and work with parents. That's a pretty interesting focus as well. How does Musical.ly grow as a company? I mean, according to a lot of reports, it seems to focus a lot on the young demographic very well. I mean, I would call them the millennials, but maybe even post-millennials as well. <laughs> yeah, so I think they one, they're very good at observing behavior trends in teen culture. And like you both mentioned earlier, the founders are not teens themselves, nor are their kids teens yet. So they really had to develop a lot of these product features by... A, looking at the data, um, they have a team that tracks different trends and like is on the lookout for different trends from their, their content creators. So, for example, the mannequin challenge. When they saw that become really hot on their platform, you know, they picked up on it. So they're very good at observing those trends. But two, they also really listen to their users and very proactively reach out to them to get feedback. So they have even groups on WeChat, which is I, I found very surprising because I associate it with China or people are interested in China, not like teens in Brazil, for example. But they'll have different groups where they'll talk about what's cool, very important for teens. They'll talk about things that they could do to improve the app. And sometimes they'll even put some of that feedback into the product roadmap. So I think that part has really helped them grow and cater towards a young audience. And then two, I would say that they've done a really good job of pulling in or partnering with celebrities, but also growing their own users to become KOLs or internet celebrities. So like there's um, a young, I want to say 13-year-old guy called Jacob Sartorius that has become famous for Musical.ly because now he has a, a music single called Sweatshirt that's become very famous. There's even a pair of German twins who have their own clothing line and have become famous for Musical.ly. And then outside of uh, musers, which is like mm, the term for Musical.ly users, celebrities like Selena Gomez, Alicia Keys, Daddy Yankee, they've come on the app as well. And because it's so social, for example, if you could duet or, yeah, if you could do a duet or BFF, be BFF'd by Selena Gomez, that draws a lot of attention. So I think their social functions work really well when it comes to like building up celebrities or using celebrities to, to grow the app. Given that these are the features, why couldn't they replicate the same success with China instead then? I mean, for example, you talk about KOLs, the key opinion leaders, right? They could have done mm. the same with the Chinese celebrities as well. So why didn't that take off in China, but it seems to take off in Hollywood? So they actually haven't focused on China at all. And at the moment, a lot of people who use Musical.ly might also tie in with other Western social media outlets like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, stuff like that. In China, I think it's a different environment. So if you just look at live streaming, there's a ton of different platforms already that have that. And in the US or in, in the West, I think it's it's starting to become more crowded, you know, different 
platforms, including Facebook, they have their own their own live streaming component. But Lively is quite different. It is very social. It's not about broadcasting and events. It might even and you know this is different than Chinese live streaming. And Lively, from what I've heard from Liu Yang, like a lot of people sometimes they just live stream to their friends. So in China, that's not the case. You know, people it's really about entertainment and the virtual gifts too. So I think. Even though musically is their roots in a way in China, they've really built the product to cater to Western teens, and they're not considering China right now, the Chinese market. So, what are the revenue streams for Musically then? So, actually, at the moment, when I spoke with Musically last year, it seems like they're not really focusing on monetization, and so they're relying on external investment. So, they've received about sixteen million dollars in investment, and they're going to use that to focus on. Product development and expanding further into Europe and other and other regions. However, I think from my point of view, I can see a few potential sources of revenue.、Um, one being the live streaming, just taking commission from virtual gifts. There are probably more creative ways to generate revenue from that, but that's very common amongst live streaming platforms in China, at least. They work with a lot of multi-channel networks and their content platforms. Sometimes even working with some of their users to do concerts. So I think that's definitely a way that they could generate revenue in the future. Who are the investors behind Musically? I know GGV Capital is one of them because I heard Hans Tong's been cheering <laughs> on this company a lot. So which which who are the investors actually? So a lot of their investors are the pretty big names, but a lot of them do have a focus on both Silicon Valley and China. So which is、uh, unsurprising. It's Kind of musically itself is split between you know Silicon Valley and China, so there's GGV Capital like you mentioned, but also DCM Ventures, which is also it's an early stage VC in California. And they've also invested in other Chinese companies like Tantan, which is like the Chinese version of Tinder, and then like another investor is CRCM Venture Capital, which again is an early stage VC firm that looks at Silicon Valley in China, and they've invested in Strikingly, so that's another Chinese company. And then、uh, I guess other notable investors would also be Greylock Partners, and they've invested in a lot of big name companies now, like Medium, Facebook, Dropbox, and then Seeming Venture Partners. So that's a strictly China-based VC firm,、um, but they're also very influential, pretty reputable, and they've invested in like Mobike, you know, which is bike sharing. Start that's become pretty big in the past year, as well as May Two,、um, which IPO'd. So pretty important investors. So it's, it's a pretty solid investor group behind the company itself. So where do you see this company musically go in three years' time? Given that it's been around for two years, I think three years is very difficult to predict. I do think, however, Lively is something. From what I've heard、um, after speaking with Louis Yang, Lively is actually something that they've wanted to do in the beginning. Um, but they've only they only just launched it last year, so I see this live streaming part becoming a big focus of the company because it fits in really well with their mission and goals so far, which is video but focusing on interactions. That's exactly what live streaming is, especially with virtual gifts. So I think, especially with their focus looking at different ways to add interaction features. And the possible revenue stream, I can see that being a bigger part of the company's core focus. And then that being said, I just want to I want to point out that Musically and Lively, these two apps have a lot of crossover. So it might have changed now. It's been a few months since I spoke with Louis Young, but he said that 60% of Lively's users come from Musically. And if you have a Musically account, you know your followers, your channels. There's a lot of crossover. 
So, you know, I can see the strategy musically is where people build up a content portfolio. That's where you can interact with like strangers even because you have this portfolio of content and you can do duets. And then Lively is more about increasing engagement or building up your fan base. So for example, you know, you have your music, your musicals, your different types of content on Musical.ly, and then you interact with your fans on Lively. So there's this really good crossover I see between the two apps. So I think, and it's not like they're, they're they've dropped you know, develop on Musical.ly. So they're, I think these two apps, um, I can see tighter crossover. And then of course, in the future, them monetizing off both the, maybe the IP that comes from these different content creators, but also doubling down on the live streaming part and interactivity. And you will see that Hollywood, the, whether the music studios or the movie studios, they will be interested in a company like that, generating or looking for celebrities that they will be in the making. Yeah, I think that, but also that I think teens are just so mysterious for most companies that I think that's really one of the biggest, the most valuable things that Musical.ly has been able to grow is they have all this insight into what teens like, how to build a social network for teens, not just because they're successful now, but because um, they have all this data and they can see these trends, they can learn from their users. So I think in addition to having celebrities um, or partnerships with celebrities, I think their insight into teen culture, which a lot of different companies want to um, tap into, I think that will make them more valuable as well in the future. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very ongoing conversation. And Eva, thanks for coming on the show and help my audience. How do they find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Eva WCL. You can also read my work, my articles on tech in Asia. And you can find me at blongcwrbernalong.com. Subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E, Asia. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, TuneIn, and also Google Play in the US market. And of course, drop me any comments or if you have anything to recommend or even tweet to me. And once again, Eva, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Bernard.